Remarkably, the ending was almost quiet. After arguably the three most raucous days in golf history, the final meaningful stroke was a 20-foot birdie putt on the 18th green at Hazeltine National Golf Club that Ryan Moore cozied to within a foot of the cup. From there, he had two putts to clinch the Ryder Cup for the United States. Lee Westwood wasn't going to make him bother with a tap-in. He conceded the putt and their match, and for the first time in eight years, the U.S. had won the Ryder Cup. It was 4.11 p.m. Central Time on a bright, breezy, early fall afternoon in the southwestern corner of Minnesota, and an American quest, one that had at times felt like Don Quixote tilting at the windmill, was finally over. Moore was 36, perhaps the quietest member of the American team, an 11-year PGA Tour veteran who, a week earlier, had been the last player selected by U.S. Captain Davis Love III. Given that he had been two down with three holes to play and had rallied to win his match and clinch the cup, he might have been expected to leap into someone's arms. Instead, he took his cap off and shook hands with Westwood. The crowd applauded, and some broke into what felt like the millionth USA chant of the weekend. Love, who had been given a second chance to captain a Ryder Cup team, gave Moore a heartfelt hug. Others lined up to do the same. There were hugs all around for the American players, caddies, and wives. But there was no singing, as there always is when Europe wins the cup, and no splashing of champagne. That would come later. Although Moore's win had given the Americans the point that clinched the cup, there were still three uncompleted matches on the golf course. And since Ryder Cup tradition holds that all matches are played to completion, the six players involved kept on playing. Watching the quiet American celebration, Rory McIlroy was a little bit surprised. It was almost weird, McIlroy said later. They waited so long, worked so hard, and played so well. I expected more. He paused. Maybe they were just relieved. Love noticed it, too. Honestly, for a second, I thought, hang on, am I wrong? Did we not just win? Is it possible that it's not over? But then I looked around, and everyone, I mean everyone, had tears in their eyes. Some guys were just sobbing. Everyone had worked so hard for almost two years to get to that moment that the reaction was actually beyond joy or elation. It was more than that. It was like seeing your child graduate from college when you just well up with so much pride and relief and memories that you don't cheer, you break down and cry. Relief, joy, catharsis. Every emotion was understandable. No American Ryder Cup team had ever been under the kind of pressure that Love's team faced at Hazeltine. It wasn't just three straight losses, six out of seven or eight of ten dating to 1995. It wasn't just playing on home ground after an extraordinary meltdown the last time the matches had been played in the U.S., or the fact that Europe was playing six Ryder Cup rookies on the road. There was more, much more. There was the infamous task force, which the PGA of America had formed in the wake of an embarrassing and acrimonious among the Americans loss in Scotland in 2014. There was Phil Mickelson's feud with Tom Watson, the American captain in Scotland. There was Love's labeling of his team as maybe the best team ever assembled the week before everyone made the trip north to Minnesota. 
And finally, there was Mickelson's baffling decision to publicly take down 2004 U.S. Captain Hal Sutton two days before the 2016 matches began. It's almost as if they're trying to figure out a way to help Europe win, said Chubby Chandler, agent and best friend of European Captain Darren Clark. I have no idea what they're thinking over there. 